G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. There we go and welcome to the Jack and Flash show. Me, Jack Revolt and of course David Flash Lithgow thanks to Harrison Agents Tasmania's real estate specialist. Well, first things first, Tim Payne. He, uh, well, he's our, our co-host here and has been the co-host over the last couple of months, but unfortunately we've had to let him go and let him head into the battle. The battle, of course, that is the ashes in his preparation, but his seat has been filled by a man who is, well, has been on the show and has hosted, but will be continuing to host for a uh, little period now. Flash, David Flash, Lithgow Flash, how are you, mate? Good morning, Jack. What an upgrade it is as well. Um, <laughs> it's terrific to be here and... Looking forward to talking to Tim. Uh, that'll be good. He's going well, isn't he, too? We've already seen him this morning um, in his preparation for the Ashes. He's, he's moving around. He's, he's looking good. Good to be here, mate. Gee, we've got a lot to talk about. I actually don't even know where to start. There's, you think on the back of AFL footy finishing, of course. We've just done the draft period. But goodness me, isn't there some topics this morning? There is flash. Plenty of things to talk about. And, of course... Tim Payne hasn't been lost to the show. Um, he hasn't just sucked us and left off to go no, into hasn't. the cricketing world. He will be joining us up after eight. And there's been some big developments overnight in the Ashes. And there's been some big developments in cricket over the last couple of days. But as always, you join us online here. You can uh, either give us a call on 1300 42 or send us a text on 0437552535 to join in the conversation about anything you want to talk about. Tassie Sport, Hobart Sport, Lonnie Sport, any sport at all. But you mentioned Flash as well. A, a big, big show. AFL trade period has just finished. So we will be joined by SEN Chief Reporter Sam Edmund and go through everything that's been happening in the world of AFL and the trading period that has just come up. Uh, Jack Jumper star Will Magne will join us. Uh, big news in the week there, what's been happening in the uh, in the NBL world. And, of course, the inaugural season for the Jack Jumpers kicks off December 3. I'm looking forward to chatting to Will. Uh, Payne will be coming after eight, after eight, sorry. And, of course, it is springtime everywhere in Australia at the moment and springtime screams horse racing. Uh, Coffee Cup this week, so we're very lucky that renowned horse trainer Kieran Maher will be joining us. He's got a couple of runners in the Coffee Cup and other couple of big horses that are involved in the cups and plates over the next month in Melbourne. Listen, has that rain come yet? I've been doing all my form around... Uh at least a slow seven, seven, if not a heavy eight or nine. Um, I'm just sort of been looking out the backyard of your place. I'm not seeing much <laughs> precipitation at this stage. No, no, it's, uh, no, I will have a look out the window. It's, it's very gloomy over here in Melbourne at the moment, but the rain's due to come at 3 p.m. and will be raining all night leading into the Caulfield Cup tomorrow. So we'll have a good chat to Kieran about how that will affect his runners and how he will think the uh, track will play out and Caulfield Cup Day will play out there as well. well. Flash, I don't know whether you caught this one and you'd have to be blind free if you didn't, but 
We put this on the agenda. Uh, we were lucky to have Alastair Clarkson on the show a while back, and he, well, he's been fairly strong in his support for Tasmanian football, but it's now official. We've we've matched with him on Tinder. We've swiped, both swiped right, uh, and he's joining <laughs> the Tasmanian task force. I think Premier Gutman might have got on there, and after hearing Clarko speak so passionately about Tasmanian football on Jack and Payne, he has actually got him on board, a six-month contract for Alastair Clarkson. Oh, it's absolutely outstanding. Um, what a coup for, for Tassie. I mean, it's obviously a short extension. I think most of us expect that perhaps in 2023 there might be a job out there for him somewhere, and who knows what that is. Is that a, you know, does he tip back into a full-time role where he, you know, he's going to be there five, six, seven, eight, nine years, or does he... Does he do a, a couple of years somewhere and come back, comes back and coaches Tassie? I'm not sure, but his passion was evident when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's obviously very good mates with Brendan Bolton, um, as, we, as we both know, and they share that passion. Clarko's been coming down to Tassie for such a long time, Hawks in particular, and Launceston, of course, and had some great success down here, and he's, he's all in. I don't think there is a better name that we could come up with to get involved because like if you put 20 people in the room and whoever they are and obviously the directors of Tassie Footy etc and um, the head honcho and Gil etc Clarko's the one you're still looking at isn't he like who's the one that you, you, you're going to be guided on who's the one with the you know that real esteem and he it's an enormous coup and I'm so excited about it and, and, and the momentum continues to build you know which is really cool you're right, Flash. We, we spoke with Hamish Ogilvy, Adelaide's national recruiting manager, maybe four to five weeks ago. And there's the, um, I suppose, the, the, the sentimental aspect of the Tasmanian AFL team was to have a lot of Tasmanians involved. But the biggest name in AFL football, bar really none, is Alastair Clarkson. No. To have your support behind the push, I actually think it's put the, well, it, it's certainly put the proposition in a better position but um, it, it, it's 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 putting it right on the map now. It's not a Mickey Mouse attempt to to get a team. We have we have got the the biggest backing of the biggest person in AFL at the moment. He's pushing his uh, support behind the six month contract. They flash interesting. Yes. It started already, so I'm not, I'm not sure whether yesterday was the first day that it started. But um, I know that uh, that comes up right around that March date. That now we're going to mm. present to the other 18 clubs, right. uh, presidents, and get their support. That that just, it, it marries in perfectly, doesn't it? It's, it's, I'm going to be there for the push. And surely post that, if we do get the, get the contract. might be there a bit longer. Yeah, that's uh, right. I'm, I mean, he's... I, I think that's Premier Gutwin's push. They would like to see, uh, obviously, Alistair Clarkson push it hard and uh, and then be a part of, hopefully, what is a, a, a successful campaign into a team. Alistair Clarkson so, currently, sorry, Alistair Clarkson currently overseas. Um, he's gone away for the next four months, and that's been on the agenda and public knowledge for a while now that he wanted to have that sabbatical year to get away and look at what other sporting organisations are doing, other sporting clubs. What intel does he bring back? Do you think from from over there in the US? Well, it's fascinating. You and I. Are huge American sport fans so you know there's there's so many different things they do I mean this has been going on for years haven't they when I, I feel like for the last decade at least we've really been tapping into the, the American systems in many respects um, yeah it, look it, it's fascinating 
the focus we know and what we know going forward is that to get this job done, you need 14 of these 18 presidents to say yes, you know, and, that, and that's... I'm not sure the, the tactics and the new little nuances that, that Clarko is going to bring over from America is going to have a lot of evidence or a lot of push in terms of the Tassie thing, but look, it, it, it really is incredible. Uh, the passion is undeniable, and we heard that first uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was on with us, and, he, and I reckon actually, I reckon if we left the show, to, he would have talked to us for two hours. Like, he was so, so into the conversation, wasn't he, you know, and... It was great to listen to him. You're up, Flash. I want to take you back to this little bit of audio. It, yes, please. We speak about passion. We speak about Tasmanians. They speak about passion with Tasmanian football. Not a Tasmanian, Alistair Clarkson. But this is what he wanted to help Tassie in their football push. I'd like to do something for the for the industry. And, you know, that includes perhaps doing some stuff uh, for, the, for the Tassie push and their own team. You know, I've obviously been involved in... In Tassie for, for 17 years, and the whole time that I've been Hawthorne, we've been playing games down in Tassie. I've got a really good affiliation with the um, with the Apple Isle, and um, you know, two of my great mates in in Brendan Bolton and, and Chris Fagan are obviously from Tassie and homegrown product, and um, you know, Grant Birchall and, and amongst others have, have played for our club and um, and have, have contributed enormously to Tassie footy and, and showing showing young kids the pathway, but. It's fallen off the radar a little bit, and the best way to get it back on the radar is to, um, you know, pursue this um, this team from Tassie in the national competition, which I think would be really exciting. Well, the two names there that that ring true straight away and and opens the the pathway is you mentioned already Brendan Bolt, but Chris Fra- Chris Fagan's the other one as well that coaching a senior team at the moment in the Brisbane Lions. There's a few little murmurings around that he's really going to throw his support behind this push as well and be involved in in helping the, the presentation to, to the other presidents. Um, it, it is the perfect announcement for, for Tassie Footy and this push at the moment. It's just opened so many doors for, for people to get involved in Clarko to sort of push into that space as well. Yep, no doubt about that. And I believe, actually, I think the, uh, the coach of the Brisbane Lions is in town uh, at the moment. Maybe we can have another chat to him next week. But he's... He's shown his cards, hasn't he, previously already. Um, his passion with Tassie footy is undeniable. And, and I wonder, in terms of his cycle now at the, at the Lions himself, I mean, they're still in a very, very good position, that footy club. I feel like maybe next year it's an important year for Brisbane because they perhaps just sort of treaded war a bit this year. I think that's fair to say. But his obviously job is secure up there. But it feels like a natural progression or a change of coaches happens every you know, six, seven years, it might just flow in perfectly. What role does Fagan take up? Is Bolton involved? You'd think he would have to be. He's obviously now at Collingwood. Um, I think he signed at least a two, might even be a three-year deal, but the timelines looking forward seem pretty good. That's right. As always, you can join us uh, on the phone or on the text line as well. A couple of questions I want to pose to the listeners out there. Do you have more confidence now that the Tassie team is going to get over the line with Clarko being involved? in the presentation and what's the first thing Clarko needs to do when he gets his uh well he's obviously not going to get his foot on the ground for a while now because he's over over there in the state so what's the first thing on his to-do list the premier got when to set him out to do to set up tasmania's tasmania's team sorry uh when that all-important vote comes in march so you can give us a call on 1300 42 or send us a text on 0437552 Three, five, two. What's uh, what's it for you, Flash? What's the one thing Clarko needs to nail in the first couple of weeks now that his appointment's been announced? 
Um, well, I, th I think the vision and creating that vision is importantly, but I, I really liked um, our conversation back with Hamish Ogilvie about that structure, and and that's the, that's the template, isn't it? How do we how do we get set up? And I think the the two guys we mentioned again, Fagan and Bolton, are very important in that. Now, obviously, you're not going to be announcing um, that they're going to have those roles, whatever roles they may be. But I think too, I think. Clarko is going to give a bit of confidence to the locals because, as you and I know, talking with everyone in here doesn't think it's a lay-down Mazir. They, they actually don't. You know, there's obviously a hell of a lot of people that think a Tassie footy team uh, needs to happen, we want to happen, etc. But there is a lot of people that think, mm, you know, I, I don't know whether it's viable. I don't know whether financially viable, etc., etc. Having him can really solidify the community. And I think that's the I think that's the key element with him. Because, you know, the structures and, and things which they outline are significantly important, but you can't put those people in place at this stage. But I think it's about really giving confidence to everybody in Tasmania to get behind this project. Because look, you and I have banged on about this for nearly ten years. The Jack Jumpers are in town. And They've got another free hit here now, and the, this is a real significant thing for, for kids because, you know, you and I, we're all going to be all the Jack Jumpers games, all the kids we've talked about this ad nauseum that are going to really get a team to barrack for, and I feel footy have to get this done because it's all about the future and you've got to give the kids an opportunity. Speaking of kids, you can probably hear mine in the background. They've just got up. <laughs> it's uh, it's wake time here in the Rebate House. Day, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> this is, well, it's time for a break. This is Jack and Flash on SEN. You can always give us a call, 1300 42 15 33, or send us a text on 0437 552 535. AFL next, Sam Edmund and your calls. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifkin. Welcome back to Jack and Flash on SEN. Uh, Painting to join us after eight. And as always, you can just call on 1342 that's the reason we got him, isn't it, David? That's the reason. He Agreeing. gets stuff done. So I um, always just love the footage of Clarko rocking up to, you know how they have the coaches' dinner the night before uh, the start of the season and they'd rock up to Gill's house and Clarko, <laughs> horrific dress sense, but always rock up with a nice bottle of red. Reckon uh, he might have done the same Peter Gutman when he announced that six-month contract. I think so. Um, dress sense is perhaps somewhere that you don't need to be going in. Absolute <laughs> you've never worn anything you've paid for because um, you don't pay for anything um, clothing-wise. But um, I just think it, it is tremendous, you know, and I think it's a very valid text as well. He just demands that power, you know, authority. He does. He does, he does. Well, it has been a big week here, or a couple of weeks in the AFL world with the trade period, of course, the free agency period. And last week we were joined by Sam Edmund, and he's been good enough to join us again this week. Sam Edmund, welcome back to, well, Jack and Flash this week. Hey, oh, it's got a lovely ring about it, Jack and Flash. It just rolls off yeah. the tongue. Good morning, We've got here, the Jack. perfect opener, mate. The perfect <laughs> opener, perfect opener. Uh, mate, big week in uh, AFL football. 
A lot of things happened in the trade world. Have you got a little bit of a trade wrap-up for us? Well, 21 trades, Jack, in the end. A little bit quieter this year, but it was always going to be the case, wasn't it? So now all eyes on the draft for November 24 and 25 and the preseason draft, which might be a bit more hotly contested given so many players are in limbo. But given, as you know, the uh, state of the AFL market with pay deferrals and list sizes being what they are, no one had any money. No money here, Jack. So No cash here. No cash here, exactly. So, look, we had some clubs do very well. They had their targets. They hit them. We had some quieter clubs who perhaps were happy to take a back seat. But in the end, just about everyone got their way. There was always going to be some left on the cutting room floor. And obviously, Bobby Hill, Rory Lobb, and um, and poor old Tristan Sherry, who wanted to get to your mob, just couldn't quite get it. Oh, St Kilda, rather, just couldn't quite get it done. Tell me, Sam, good morning to you, mate. Um, this Hawthorne stuff, I find it fascinating. I mean, were, were we talking about just the... The ultimate bluff. We obviously saw what the president did uh, two weeks ago with his well, what, cryptic little message to the Hawthorne members. I, and, I, and we all thought that's involving Mitchell O'Meara or Gunston Wingard and then Bruce came up at the end of it. But nothing got done. I, I, I look from a Hawthorne list perspective. Surely they had to do some business there. I mean, does anybody think they're going to win a flag in the next two years? Wasn't this a perfect opportunity to get some collateral back for the future? Well, it was, Flash, and they tried. It certainly wasn't through a lack of effort. Um, the, the coach even got on the tools, if you don't mind, to try and spark some interest in these guys. But the, the, all those players you mentioned have got two years to run on their contract. Now, we mentioned there's no cash here. Well, GWS were the ones that came the hardest in the end. Now, O'Meara never had any substance to it to Port Adelaide, despite people linking him. It was instead Chad Wingard that GWS only asked the question of and were told no pretty firmly. It was actually Luke Bruce, a player that... Leon Cameron's got a long-standing interest in the GWS uh, Giants liked him as a youngster. That was the one that had real substance. In fact, they'd struck a deal, the two clubs, Hawthorne and GWS. The Hawks were going to stump up a big portion of this salary over a three-year period. So GWS were happy with that. They're really tight when it comes to the salary cap. But again, in the end, the player holds the whip hand here, Flash, and he had two years to run on a contract, and Luke Bruce wasn't going anywhere. So Hawthorne would have loved to have done all the things you just did. Their draft hand, 5-21-24. Sam Mitchell wants to have his own team, quote-unquote. He wants to turn it over quickly. But they were just snookered for now, and it'll be an interesting watch over the next 12 to 24 months as to how they might try to get something back in for these guys. Sammy, isn't that the first port of call? Do you not just tell the player, hey, we would like to trade you? <laughs> not the last port of call when you've got all the business done. and fine. It's like, oh, the most important piece, mate, you're under contract. Would you like to get traded? And, of course, Luke Bruce says, no, well, uh, t- the, the, now that the draft's been done, free agency's been done, picks can still be traded right up to the draft. What's the draft pool looking like for the 2021 National Draft? No, well, they can be, and they can be traded up in the, on the night as well, as we know now. There's live trading, of course, as well. So oh, I think there's going to be a lot of movement there in terms of Fremantle's pick 19, which at the end was the source of so much of a standoff regarding Jordan Clark. They're expecting bids to come for that because it's the first pick on the second night. You know, there'll be clubs that want to move up the draft. I look at St Kilda's hand. They, they would probably like a stronger... Um, hold in the draft as well. Um, Richmond, I think they've got a brilliant hand, haven't they? One of the hands of the draft, Jack, your boy, 7, 15, so. 26, 28. So 
I think you did okay on the Callum Coleman-Jones deal, didn't you? That future second-round pick coming back. Um, in the end, you've lost those two promising ruck forwards that oh, certainly Callum Coleman-Jones, you didn't want to. And then they've kept coming for North Melbourne's pick one. How's the offers for pick one this year that look good on paper, but the Kangaroos resolute. They cannot read Jason Horn francis name out quick enough over there from South Australia. So, look, I think there will be some movement. The clubs haven't been... Um, I guess, under pressure to do that right now because, as you say, they've got plenty of time. Take a deep breath, reassess. And the St Kilda Footy Club, I think, will be one that um, might do something as well given they've got pick nine, but then all the way back to 62 and after two really hectic and busy trade periods, they've uh, they've got to change a strategy this year in targeting the draft as well. Sammy, last thing with that, those Hawks players we mentioned, and I want to talk about Richmond briefly and obviously the way they've constructed their list um, They've held on to our little mate here on the other end of the radio. For example, they've they've said, "Look, we're not gonna we're not gonna tip out our veterans. We're gonna have another crack." Surely, to goodness, Tom Mitchell would have been ideal for that team going forward. This was a bit like the Jager O'Meara one to Port Adelaide. I think a lot of people joining the, trying to join the dots anyway and thinking this would be a great pickup. It never had any substance, though. I mean, Blair Hartley and uh, Tom Petrora, who is uh, Tom Mitchell's manager, spoke on a couple of occasions, mainly to work out from the other side what the hell's going on. Are you driving this? Am I driving this? In the end, it had no um, substance to it at all. It was never on the table. So we can look on as fans from the outside and think this would be a nice fit, but obviously salary was going to be a big part of that, wasn't it? The Tom Mitchell, two years to run, makes it hard. Uh, the risk of repeating myself and Richmond, as we know, um, not so much concerning this man uh, on the other end of the line, but their money is tied up in some uh, in a lot of their uh, sort of players at the moment for next year that um, that they're committed to and wedded to, which is fair enough. Uh, so they're pretty tight on the cap. Bit like the no cash here, Sam, involving me. No <laughs> cash here. A couple of quick ones before we let you go. We see a lot of trades floated here, and there's they, they get a little bit of groundswell behind them. What's the strike rate with the the actual reported trades out there? Now, social media obviously blows up now, and, and actual ones that are that are viable trade options that that do come through. Is it fifty fifty, or are we at the point now where everyone just throws a net out and hopefully someone comes up with? the right trade. Well, I think what happens is, and you would know this better than anyone, Jack, if you go down to Punt Road and you went inside Blair Hartley's office, there's probably 60 guys on his whiteboard in there that they've talked about, canvassed, half of them they might have reached out to or at least called their management to see, you know, hey, how's your guy feeling about the end of the year? So this is how the names get out. I mean, it's never to say that they're absolutely tradable or even they've gone down the path of, you know, uh, having a trade offered or being offered up for trade, but nothing stays a secret for long. And and like Jager O'Meara, for example... Uh, even if that was raised at a very, very, very superficial level, it gets out. I think most of the ones that uh, in the trade period, they come out early in the piece. We're, we're pretty rarely surprised. I mean, it does happen. But all these guys, like the guys that didn't even get done, like Rory Lobb, of course, was one that came out of nowhere and had some real um, a real push behind it as well. Bobby Hill was was a bit the same, and Tristan Sherry we've, we've spoken about. So there's just so many names that get talking about, Jack. It doesn't mean they're all going to be traded. But the club's casting it so wide, and not just for the current year, of course. But talks will be happening now about you know next year, and 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 poor old Gold Coast have had to, to bat off the uh, the dialogue around Ben King now for the last twelve months and, and the years to come. So um, it just shows you how forward thinking that the clubs are these days, and um, nothing stays a secret really. And the last one, a little bit of an unusual one here, Daniel Talia, who had been floated around at a few clubs as mm. a 
a ready-to-go, uh, strong key defender, will sit out season 2022. I don't think we've ever seen this in the AFL before, a player sat out a season. It's a really interesting uh, scenario. Well, sadly for him, he might be sitting it out forever. I mean, um, obviously your footy club met with him and talked to him. He was a, he was a candidate to fill that position that, that David Asprey left. In the end, Robbie Tarrant comes to punt road, of course. But Daniel Talia uh, settled in Adelaide, um, young family, wife with a, with a solid job there, was going to take a bit to move him. But regardless of all that, that foot injury has got some complications with it. In fact, he needs more surgery as well. So even so if he good. was willing to move, unfortunately, the body has just let him down over the last 12 months, Daniel Talia. And he's only just turned 30 as well. So you would argue plenty of footy still ahead of him. But uh, Lady Luck has not been on his side, unfortunately. Well, Sammy, thank you for joining us, chatting all things AFL. Of course, you'll be in the driver's chair at, uh, what, 9am you here said heading up your show, is that correct? Big shoes to fill, Jack, for the mighty Jared Waitley, who's just uh, in his last wow. week of annual leave, thankfully, because he does an wow. almighty job, Jared. But uh, good fun steering the ship for him. Well, thanks for joining us again, Sammy. Well done, Sammy. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, it's time to get some news headlines. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Welcome back to Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Well, Flashman, the 2021 NBL season tips off and it's a big one. Because our very own Jack Jumpers will be back there at the My State Arena, December 3. Uh, it's certainly getting getting up, getting up. Exciting. We are very, very excited. Yes. And we are very excited to be joined by this man, Will Magne, on the line, who currently is on their pre-season camp, I think. Will, whereabouts are you at the moment? Uh, yeah, mate, we're up in Launceston um, today. So we've just been doing a tour of the Northwest. A few promos, training camp, you know, having some fun. Very good up there in Lonnie, mate. It's uh, basketball heartland up. Well, certainly on the northwest coast. I would say it was the basketball heartland of Tasmania, mate. First things first, how is that pre-season going, mate? It's not something that I love pre-season, but uh, how's it going for you and, and all the Jack Jumpers crew? Yeah, it's good, mate. Um, I think we're still one of the only teams that are running in, you know, in market. So we're, we're pretty lucky to have that. So we can really start to build build what we've got going this year. But, um, you know, it's all it's always exciting, the start of the pre-season. It drags on for a little bit there, but... Um, but, yeah, no, it's been going well. Great to have you on the show, Will. Thanks for joining us, mate. Tell us about you. You had your foot surgery a few months ago. Um, how's that coming along and how are you moving? Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's coming along well. Um, I, I'm back running. I'm back sort of like turning and cutting and, and doing that stuff at about 85%. So, um, you know, I don't know exactly when I'll be back, but I mean, my foot's progressing at, at a good pace, and and you know, the medical staff's all all happy with where I'm at. So, I um, mean, you know, I'm not putting a date on it, but when I'm when I'm ready, I'm ready. Take us into the camp, mate, and it's um, it's been fascinating watching from afar as you set up a new franchise like the like what's happened here in Hobart, and for a, a Tasmanian team, um, would you start from scratch? Um, I imagine that's something you've never been involved with. Of course, yourself being playing in, ba- in basketball in Brisbane and home, you've been over to the NBA, but such a new experience. Give us a bit of an insight to what it's been like the whole journey over the last several months. Yeah, it's been, um, I guess, I guess exciting. Um, is, you know, it's a unique opportunity. I don't think many players get to 
to kickstart a franchise, and I think that it's really exciting. I think it's been um, it's been really fun up up here, realizing how much support that we actually have from not only in Hobart, obviously, but um, like you said, the heartland of sort of Tasmanian basketball up here. Um, so that, that's been really cool, understanding sort of how much people appreciate what we're doing and the love that that they're all showing to us. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been, and it's also a bit of a challenge. You know, we're we're new. Um, no one's really played with each other before. There's no installed system, so we're trying to learn, um, learn on the fly, and learn how people play, and obviously understand the coach and and all that. So, you know, it's a bit of a mixture of stuff. But you know, it, it's a good challenge, and yeah, it's exciting. Well, Wilf, a real simple one here. Did you know what a jack jumper was before you signed in with the basketball team? Were you aware that it's it's a basically an April bull in in, in Tasmania? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I'll be honest. Like, when they announced that jack like jack jumpers the new team coming in, I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've had a little bit of research. Obviously, people ask me, so I gotta I gotta be somewhat prepared, ready for that question. But um, you know, I'm kind of about the name. I like the, um, it sort of takes you back to club roots basketball and, you know, it's a bit more fun and, you know, it's, we could have gone simple with a, you know, a devil or a tiger and, you know, I like that we kind of went away from that and, and went to sort of club roots and, and had a bit of fun with it. So I think it's cool. Mate, yourself, your, your own background, still very young, only 23 years of age, mate. You've, you've seen a lot of the world already in your basketball journey. You played for the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, you also went to college over in Tulsa. You played uh, a few games for the Pelicans in the NBA. How has that experience playing over there in the States made you a, a better player to, to come in and, and really, well, we hope, dominate in the uh, in the NBL for the Jack Jumpers? Yeah, I think, you know, experience. you can't beat experience. Um, and, you know, that was... You know, in the NBA, you sort of play against the best players in the world every day. So, I mean, that, you know, you can't really beat that. Um, but I know, I think I can just try and bring a bit of leadership in, um, try and use my experience to help other boys um, sort of set the tone um, defensively and offensively. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, we got Majet as well and, and Adams. Um, you know, they've both got some NBA experience and, um yeah, so we're all trying to sort of bring that in and, and piece it together. And um, yeah, obviously, I'm not on court yet with the boys, so I'm trying to yell from the sideline like a coach. But um, it's yeah, it, it's challenging, but yeah, it's good fun. Take us into the the Scott Roth method of coaching. Um, I believe he's already instilled a lot of the us against them um, sort of mentality. Will of course, I mean, a lot of most pundits are assuming that. The Jack Jumpers will be on the foot of the table, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, tell us about what's driving him with his players, including yourself, in the preseason. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. It's, it's sort of us against them um, type thing, and I think where we understand how hard we practice every day, so we don't really care what the punters say. Um, you know, like even if we were picked first, it wouldn't change our approach to to how we how our preseason was and. Um, you know, and how we approached every day. So his his mentality is um, push like pushing us every day. We're trying to get better. We're trying to we're all trying to learn still. Um, obviously, we're trying to understand how he coaches and and you know when he says something, what he actually means that that type of thing. You know, 
you learn that through coaching and um, you know, but he's really good. He's intense. He's full on. Um, but you can really tell that that he cares. You can tell that he loves Tasmania and he just he wants to win, and so does everyone. So that's that's what we're here to do. We know the start of the season is just around the corner when we do drop well the threads that we're going to be wearing this year in the NBL. What are your thoughts on the initial jersey? Is it, they call it a jersey in a basketball? Is it what? What are the yeah, initial jersey. thoughts on the jumper you guys are wearing? I'd call it a jumper, but a jersey. What's the tick of approval for that from you? Yeah, mate, I think it's good. Um, it's you know, it's pretty uh, like I, I didn't get to see it at all until it popped up on. Um, on Instagram, but all the other boys got to try it on and take photos and <laughs> all that stuff, so I was a bit out of the blue with it. But, yeah, mate, I'm a fan. Well, Jack, it's not a jumper. I know it's cold in Hobart at the moment. What are you talking about? It's a jumper. Sorry, I had to put it up there, Will. You're not calling it a jumper. Singlet at worst. I can't wait to see the new kids. Very exciting. Tell us about the Blitz. Um, that's a real coup for us down here in Tassie. We're going to get to see some of the... The teams, um, I know the Sixers are in town as well. Um, I think the Wildcats as well. You're going to get a little bit of pre-season action locally. I think that's got to be a terrific thing for the squad to be able to, I guess, spread the message around the towns as well. Yeah, I think the the Blitz is always a... I mean, pre-season games are important, not only for um, for your team to grow and, and understand and play games and whatever, but I think it's it'll give sort of Tasmanians a, a little chance to to see us in action and see the NBL in action again and, and really sort of kickstart the, uh, the excitement before the season. So, I mean, the Blitz is always a good idea, I think. Um, yeah, so I think, I, I don't know how many teams there are. There might be six, six coming down and I don't know how many games we play, but I think it'll be good for, for the local Tasmanian fans. Well, it certainly is an exciting time for Tasmanian sport on the basketball landscape and certainly just exciting times for, for the NBL as well to have the new team in where we are super wrapped that you're going to be involved. The first game will be December 3rd against the Adelaide 36ers to be launched at the My State Bank Arena, which is going to be absolutely rocking. Memberships selling fast. Head to thejackjumpers.com.au to sign up today. You can also order those Jack Jumpers I'm going to call them jumpers, jerseys, singlets, whatever you want to call them. But, Will, thank you for joining us, mate, and we really look forward to seeing you plying your trade out there on the My State Bank Arena. No worries. Thanks for having me, boys. Welcome to another big hour of Jack and Flash with me, Jack Rowan, and, of course, David, the Flashman Lithgow, thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. You can give us a call on 1342 1533 or send us a text on 0437 552 535. Well, the man that usually sits... Can I just say... Oh, hang on. Can I just say, mate, I wish the people get a clip of your air guitar to jump and jack flash in your lounge room in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we have got the Zoom room recorded. Well. It, might, it might make it a socials. It might make it a socials. <laughs> oh, but, God, David, before you jump in on me there, the man that usually sits <laughs> in the seat behind the microphone... Oh, he's here. Position down there is Tim Payne. Payne, welcome back to the Jack and Flash Show. <laughs> Morning, gents. Thanks for having me. A bit Good disappointed you, I wasn't your first guest, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, excited to be back. Well, Payne, Love before we get into you, I wanted to know, if you, have, you, have you caught the bromance that's been blossoming on Twitter with our man David Flash Lithgow and Bob Murphy last night, it sort of started sprouting a little bit. Bob, very big fan of Flash's work. 
I've only just seen it, Jack, and I'm, I'm a little bit in shock. I'm trying to figure out where Jack, uh, where Flash's connection with Bob is. He's obviously got someone who has access to Bob's Twitter account. That's all I can think is going on here. Well, well both brown leather set up some mine. Both brown, right. both brown that's, leather jackets set up some mine. And Bob's last day on SEN today before he heads over to Clubland and heads over to Fremantle. Maybe Flash is starting to weasel his way into another job. He could be afternoons no, with Andy. Not. Andy and Flash, that'd be a very... I, I'd be... tell you what, do you want to talk about leaving on top? The Andy and Bob show has been outstanding. The ratings have been tremendous and um, they've done exactly what you want to do when you've got to leave. I, I guess from Bob's perspective, he's a great addition to Fremantle, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. I'd imagine so. I don't know a lot about what Bob's been doing from footy perspective outside of the um, Bob and Andy show in the last few months, but obviously he's he's been around football clubs for a long yes. time. A long, Not a lot. Well, Payne, Payne, it's uh, well, it's been big, 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 big week in the Ashes. Um, how how are you preparing? You don't have to think about the radio anymore, mate. How have you been preparing? It's given you plenty of time to to get ready and get going for for the Ashes that are coming up. Yeah, it has. It's been nice. I'm, uh, I'm back in training this week, so I've uh, been doing some very gentle uh, jogging. I've started jogging this week, doing jogging. some leg stuff, albeit at body weight. Uh, I had a little Pilates session this morning. Um, so basically trying to get the body ready without putting um, any sort of stress through the spine at the moment. So Pilates, a little bit of jogging, some swimming. Um, and I hit some tennis balls yesterday, which was nice. So good to have the bat back in hand. I've got to say, Jack, um, he's obviously sitting here next to me. He's looking very, very well indeed. You, in, in truthfulness and all fairness, you, you're recovering well. Like every few days I see you, you look a little bit better and moving pretty well, aren't you? Yeah, moving, <coughs> moving pretty normally now, to yes. be fair. It's yep. just um, trying to stay away from still sort of looking up, which is a bit of an issue when you're a wicketkeeper. So I can't do that for another few weeks. Uh, and then just being careful of the load, as I said, that I'm putting through the spine at the moment while there's still a little bit of healing going on. But uh, the movement in my neck's great, uh, and I'm hoping in the next two weeks I can um, really start to put the foot down and... And hopefully get a game for Tassie or, or down at university to start, um, you know, getting ready for December 8. And, and I guess on that you'll have a bat first, of course. That'll be your first point of call. Yeah, so I hit hit about 20 balls yesterday, um, albeit underarm. Uh, hit them quite well, which you'd, which you'd hope. But, uh, yeah, just at the moment probably the only issue is the strength in my left arm um, and a bit of nerve stuff, which I'm hoping will be gone very soon and um, I can sort of go from 0 to 100 really quickly. Pony, the squad's been named for England. Uh, they're all there. Uh, we thought there might be a few missing, and there's uh, Ben Stokes is uh, an interesting watch at the moment, but England have named their squads. What did you uh, make of their squad? Yeah, pretty much as I, as I expected, actually. Um, not a lot surprised me with it. I did see, again, Michael Vaughan wrote an article yesterday that he thought they missed a trick with a few guys. Um, Livingston, Parker. I was probably surprised not to see Parker, uh, the young leg spinner who's been doing really well over there. But apart from that, I thought uh, it was a pretty standard sort of squad for, uh, for what they've got. They're, they're, they're a bloody good side. There's no doubt about that. They've got some experience with the ball in Anderson and Broad and um, obviously Joe Root, um, as we know, has been in career best form. So uh, they're, they're, they're key players in it, but um, they've got some good depth. And Ben Stokes is an, is an interesting Ooh. one. Will he, will he join... At some stage, I'm not so Did sure. Did you see that come in? I know you've got your fingers in so many yeah. pies over there finding out what's happening with all the, in the different circles, counties, etc. Yep. Did you know that he was close to being having a net? 
Uh, no, I didn't. But I, I also know he's having some, some other issues that he's working through as yes. well. So um, I'm not sure if cricket's been at the top of his priority list at the moment. But it's great to see for, for the game that someone oh, of absolutely. his ability is, is coming good and, and nearly fit. But, um, you know, when I look at it from the Australian captaincy <laughs> um, part of it, I'm not too upset to see him not named in that squad. And I know people are talking the rumour mills running that he could join. Um, which, which would be great for the series. My only thing with that is that I think it's going to be a bit difficult to get into the country if you're not in that original touring party, do, as we've seen there's been hog, some issues. Do you think that's hogswash? That's, that's just like that's not uh, going to happen? What, what's your gut feel? Well, I think is? normally in a normal Ashes series, if, you, if he was fit halfway through, you'd bring him out. Yes. There's no doubt about that. But again, with the COVID restrictions and how hard we know it is to get into our country, I know there was some time stuff put on them naming their squad because there's paperwork that needs to go on between the two governments to get them all into the country. So uh, I think that will be a challenge. Um, but if he does and he comes over, it'll be, it'll be awesome for the series. There's no doubt about that. He's an entertainer. Wilkowski, young man, has got a lot of, uh, well, got a, certainly a bright future and has a lot of talent, unfortunately. Another concussion painy. How scary is that for him? Yeah. yeah, it's not ideal, no doubt. I think it's you know, up to sort of 15 or 16 concussions now at the age of 22 or 23. So, um, yeah, shattering when I, uh, I found out, spoke to him. I've spoken to him a bit the last few days. Uh, he is improving slowly. Um, I don't think it's as bad as some of the others he's had before, but obviously with his history, we have to be, we have to be very careful with anything around the brain. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was devastated to hear that it's happened to him again, but, um, you know, he's still hoping to be ready at some stage during this summer, so he's got plenty of support around him and, um, you know, we know how good he is, so there's, there's no need to rush him at the moment. Still 22, 23 years of age, so he's got a long time in the game. Um, if we can get it right, so um, yeah, is it technique painting to him again? But no, I don't think so. He's he, he's a good player of the short ball. You don't average fifty four in in first class cricket without being a good player of the short ball. I just think he's had a really bad concussion when he was a kid, and um, I'm not exactly sure how it works. But I think now he's he's more susceptible to than other people. Um, he doesn't need to be hit as hard to have some some effects um, on his on his head. So. Um, you know, a lot of guys get hit in the head now, Jack, with guys bowling the pace they do in, in test cricket. Um, unfortunately for Will, it, with whatever's happened in his youth um, with those concussions, it's, it's now um, doesn't take as much as it would mean you, I suppose, to have a, a pretty severe concussion. It's terribly concerning, of course. You know, he would have, I'm sure, in the back of your mind, you've had him pencilled in at the top of the order. Yeah. Um, so there is serious implications, obviously, for him, most importantly, yeah. going forward. But um, structurally with the team, that's a, that's a bad blow if he's not there early. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a blow, no doubt. He's, in, in my opinion, um, yeah, he would have partnered David Warren yeah. in that first test match. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, Marcus Harris is, is probably the guy waiting for the opportunity and he's just come back from um, a superb six months over in England playing for Leicestershire in county cricket. Um, and we know his first-class record has been outstanding for Victoria for a long time. So uh, he's probably the front-runner now for that role. And um, as I said, he scored a lot of first-class runs. And he's someone that hasn't had an extended run at Test cricket. He's sort of come in for a game or two here and there. And, and then he gets dropped. Someone else comes in. So um, for him to get potentially now an extended run in, in Test cricket, um, yeah, we're really excited to see what potentially Marcus Harris could do. And who else would be in the running for that position? I mean, obviously you mentioned Harris. We're going to have some shield crickets. A yeah. form will play a part in, in those roles. I mean, can an Usman Khawaja go back into the realm as an opening batsman? Is that an option? And who else are we seeing around? You know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Usman's someone that they're looking at. I yeah. mean, the, 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 
the great thing about Usman is he's one is really experienced and yep. two he's really versatile. So he could be picked as a number five, six. He could be picked as an opening batsman, which um, no doubt will help him when they do sit down to pick that squad. But um, yeah, there's been you know Bryce Streets scoring a lot of runs mm. for Queensland, facing a lot of balls. So he, he's, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He looks like a really, really good player. I know I've played against him a couple of times. He's very hard to get out. Um, and it looks like over this summer he's started to expand his game a little bit as well. So he's he's someone that I think they'll continue to look at. Matt Renshaw's um, batting at five for Queensland again. He's another opening batter potentially who can bat anywhere in your in your lineup. But I think uh, we're pretty open to be honest. Marcus Harris, the front runner. Um, great to see Travis Head scoring some big runs as well. So he's an exciting player for for Is Australia. Is he what? What an avalanche of runs he started the year. Is this, is this a good thing, Jack, I'll come back to you in a second. Is this a good thing now that we can, maybe he really takes the next step, you know, and yeah. he's, he's been a good national cricketer as it is, but can he go to another level this summer? Is that what you see? Yeah, I do. And I, I've said, for, I love Travis Head. I love having him in our team. Um, I think he's someone that can bat in that five and six mm. position who can take the game on and, and change the momentum of test matches really quickly. So um, I love having that sort of player in your middle order. Um, yeah, I think if he's managed correctly and, and he's backed in to play his way, Travis Head's one of those players that he'll, he'll play some shots sometimes and get out and everyone sort of nails him and thinks, what, what sort of shot is that? Or uh, he looks a bit lazy, but I think he, he's extremely talented. He'll take the game on um, a bit like India have Rishabh Pant doing and sometimes they're going to play a shot and it looks pretty ordinary, but... Um, you know, a lot of the time, as I said, he'll change momentum of test matches and, and I think he's got the potential to win games for Australia. So uh, I'm thrilled to see him scoring runs and hope, hope that it continues. Big news in the behind-the-scenes pain is the, uh, the fact that Chairman Earl Eddings has stepped down uh, after reportedly losing the support of the New South Wales, Queensland and WA boards. Is it, is that a, a, is it sad to see him step down? Um, do you think that there needs to be some common ground found there between the, the cricketing boards and the states at the moment? And, and what's the, the legacy that Earl's going to leave? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it, it not, I wouldn't say it's a concern, but, yeah, I think it's been a, a while since all the states and Cricket Australia have been pulling in, in the one direction. So um, I know there's obviously... It's been quite a public push from, from New South Wales to have Earl out and... Um, it's obviously happened in the last few days, so it's disappointing uh, for, for Earl. And, um, you know, Earl, particularly to me, his support to me has been outstanding. And, um, you know, Earl's a good man. So, you know, it's never nice to see things like that happen. But, um, yeah, as you touched on, I think it would be ideal now if all the states and, and Cricket Australia at, at board level can uh, work together for the good of the game. I think for too long there's been too many people trying to pull the game in different directions. So, um, you know, if we can all get on the same, uh, same page, um, I think you'd... Australian cricket can move forward and, and become the powerhouse that we were sort of five, ten years ago. Speaking of the same page, uh, did you catch Justin Langer's online poetry during the week? What's uh, is he in quarantine at the moment? <laughs> the, the coach, he's, he's, he's he lost his marbles for a little bit. I think they're out today, um, to be honest. But yeah, no, look, I think people who know Jay will know that he's he, he reads a lot of books and he he loves those kind of quotes. Um, I know he's got a. Um, you know, a gym at home and uh, he has some quotes up around it. That, that's the sort of thing that really drives and, and pushes JL. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too surprising for me. Again, it seemed to be a bit of a beat-up. but um, Very you know, interesting. That, that's JL. He, he likes those inspiring kind of <laughs> quotes and he likes reading books about people. And, um, yeah, he's not afraid to share it. He's a, he's a hard-on-the-sleeve kind of man. 
I tell you what, the T20 World Cup's coming close now, isn't it? Mm. We're only a week or so away. Um, how do you read it? Our, let's talk about our own team. We, yep. I, for some reason, I'm not sure why, and I know we played a substandard team in the recent tournaments. Yep. We haven't had guys available. Can we find something in this level of the game? Because I think we've been off the pace a little bit. Yeah, I, well... Not so long ago, we were ranked number one. Yes. And then, obviously, we've had a pretty ordinary run, but we've had eight of our best players That's not right. playing. So, I think, um, you know, David Warner back inside, Steve Smith back in the side. Glenn Maxwell's been absolutely on fire in these conditions uh, for Bangalore. Yes, has he um, You put Paddy Cummins back in, Mitchell Stark in form and fresh. Mm. Um, Zampa's spin. You've got Agar. I think we've got a brilliant squad. We've got all bases covered. Um, it'll just be whether we can... Get off, get off to a good start. I think T20 cricket, there's a lot of momentum that needs to be built. But, um, yeah, I think the stars that we've put back into that team, if we can play well, I don't think there's too many teams that will be lining up saying, geez, I can't wait to play Australia. And, Pony, you'd certainly be over the news that Clarko signed a six-month contract to be involved Ooh, in the... We, uh, we did get him. Uh, <laughs> so a pat on the back to you. Um, mate, big news. We, we are absolute, absolutely thrilled, but he's going to bring so much, isn't he? He is. He's going to be amazing. There's no doubt about that. He'll bring, uh, I think, a little bit of left field thinking to how this could be set up. Um, and I think he'll, he holds a bit of sway at AFL too. So the power of, of the great man, the four-time premiership coach, to have someone like that on the AFL Tasmania team or task force, I think he's obviously going to add to the push. And, um, yeah, he's certainly going to carry a bit of weight for us. So it's an amazing signing from... Our man Peter Gutwin again. What about your bombers? Um, you got back on them last year after decades of <laughs> burning them and bagging them out, but every single level of that club, um, they didn't get that Bobby Hill deal done. Is something you've heard about what happened there? I don't know. I actually heard um, he was on Tim and uh, Gary yes. I think, the other day, Adrian. So, no, I'm, I'm not too fussed. Look, they tried to get the deal done. It didn't happen. We're obviously chasing a small forward, but yes. I've got a bit of faith that Tipper will be back as well. And... Um, Alan Davies, boys, are coming. Did you hear that? That's Gee, exciting. That is exciting. Get, Have some get, leg speed, wouldn't they? Can you get two with one father son rule or not? I'm not sure. Yeah, so, good question. Can. Can my, you? My in the same draft. Can. Yeah, in the same draft, if you've got twins. Same, you can... One selection. One selection. Well, Payne, you, you didn't leave us empty-handed. You sent us a nice little... Oh, wasn't I've, I've had mine sent to me, a nice little three-pack of lark, mate. That was, thanks very much for that. It was a bit of a party gift. Mine. Have you tried um, it I yet? I must be out here somewhere. I'm looking Flash for Flash has it. it. No, I haven't tried mine yet. Flash, you haven't received yours yet? I'm just waiting for it. I'm just looking out the door there. I David, haven't seen it. David, don't be dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> well, Payne, thank you for joining us again this week, mate. We're looking forward to you joining us every Friday on the show, uh, the show that you have helped build up and turn it into the powerhouse that it is in the, in the Tasmanian media. Elite male coming, I'm hearing. Um, Elite male repeat. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to the journey of the Ashes, mate, and uh, we are looking forward to seeing how you progress in your uh, injury comeback and get us ready for that first one. So thanks for joining us again, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Make sure you get a massage after these uh, new episodes with the carrying of Flash that you'll be doing. <laughs> I will do, mate. I will do. And, well, Flash needs a massage because he's been he's been a bit anxious this week. He's been up and just, I can just see the shoulders have tensed a little bit because he's got something to get off his chest. And we will get that off his chest right after this break. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart. Welcome back to Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart. You can give us a call, as always, on 1300 or send us a text on the text line 0437 552 535. Now, Flash, 
You spend a lot more time, a bit more of this nerdy time looking at the top 50s and like to peruse the social media pages to find out where your Sydney players sit and where certain players sit in the AFL and where players silly. rated in the uh, by the fans and by the uh, by the journalists and the of course the I suppose the pinnacle of player ratings is the Herald Sun's uh, ratings, which has been done by Mike Sheen and now has been picked up for, by Mark Robinson since that baton was handed. But you've got a bit of a gripe with Robbo and his top fifty. No, certainly not well, you personally. Do. Uh, well, no, sure. No, you've got a grot with his top 50. The, the top 50s, um, and I love them, and back to Mike's years, of, of course, I mean, it's almost set the precedent of the, all the conversations, of course. It's a very, very big job. And the first thing I will say about it is it's all about context and, you know, what do you, where do you have it sit? In other words, if a player misses a few games, let's talk about Dustin Martin, for example... Um, you know, is it easy to exit him out of the top 50? The way I look at it is I get to the end of the year and you take injuries into account, you take or everything into account, but you've effectively still got to rank them 1 to 50. So you start with 1 and then you end up at 50, the best player, best player, best player. Now, you know, for example, like in Dustin Martin's cap, what do you? How many did he miss? What did he miss? The last six, seven? He missed the last six. Now, before, before you get into the into Dusty, because yes. I want I want to preface yeah. it. So this you are going to be. I'm going to ask you to give me a thought okay. you. Right. Is it so one to fifty? You going the best players that had that the best season, or are they where they still rank as the players you think they and are? And that's the question. In fairness to, in this case, Robbo, who does them, that, that is the, the really under, underlying question. But for me, I look at it from 1 to 50 where they sit, and you take into account injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you miss the whole season, sure, different conversation. But there's certainly two or three guys that finish in that bracket that I just find it really hard to see how they're not in that conversation. All right, well, let's talk about the ins then. I want you to give me five players that maybe Robbo didn't have in his top 50 that you would have had in. Well, uh, the first one is Dustin Martin. and Surely he's in there, isn't he? Of course he's in there. Like, it's not even a conversation. You can't go Not in Mark Robinson's list, Dustin Martin. No, I've looked three times and I cannot find the name. I actually can now... I get what he's done. Um, He's missed a few games, etc. But that is impossible to leave him out. When I did my top 50, I had him sliding down to about six, um, which maybe even is too high. We don't, I think a fit Dusty, we don't think is the sixth best player in the competition, but I couldn't believe that one. Now, I know I'm the biggest Brady Grundy cheerleader in the whole universe, but my goodness. How... What wasn't in? He, what, how has that happened? Like Brady he, Grundy. He, he gets a bad rap, I reckon, Brady Grundy sometimes, but he's still the second best ruckman in the competition. Now, I've got... I rate Ruckman higher than anybody. As you will know, Max Gorn's number one on my list, and I'm very happy to stand by that. I think his influence is second to none, but I find that remarkable. Um, Nathan Fife, how many games did he miss? So I, I think he probably missed maybe seven or eight. Yep, yep. With uh, shoulder injuries, his season was obviously yeah. finished and cut short early with shoulder injuries. He, he's, not, he's not in Robbo's top 50 either. No, I can't find him. I can't find wow. him anywhere. I, I, S3. Again, I've, I've looked this morning to make sure that I've seen him. <laughs> the other two are a little bit different because, look, okay, he, he's my Sydney bias. I think potentially Isaac Heaney is, on his day, as good a player in the competition as anybody. I'm not saying he's the best comp player in the competition. Last year, I'll throw a couple of stats at you. 
There are two players in the competition that averaged over 15 possessions a game, six marks and kicked over 25 goals. There's only two of them. You'll be able to name the second one pretty quickly if you think about it. It's Toby Green. I won't let you waste your time. Toby Green. Now, so Heaney kicked 36 for the year. So he's averaging just under 17 touches a game, six marks, 36 goals. I cannot believe that he is not in that. That 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 is a travesty. Now he, I mean, I, I I'm actually speechless with that one. The other one's Aaron Norton. I mean, I I would have had him in yeah, too look, actually. I, well, he he's so important to the dogs. His grand final was a little bit disappointing, absolutely. But in terms of your the output for the for the season, the importance, especially the back end. I mean, he's we talked about it every week here with Tim and yourself. Like his last. Six or seven weeks were extraordinary. His future is very bright. I certainly didn't have him anywhere near the top 15, but he was about 33 for me, absolutely vital. And, and I could probably add a few more to it, but they're the big five. Okay, so five come in. Who, who are the five that you're taking out? Who are the, the ones that Robbo's had in there? You thought, hang on a second. Well, I think Henry's a very good player. Um, I like Jack Henry him. from um, Geelong? Yep. So yep, he was sitting 39, a, is that correct, in Robbo's yeah, 50? he's not in the top 50. He, he, he's a bit stiff. Now, this, I like this next guy, and I thought Paul Seedsman's first half of the year was exceptional. He, was, he, he almost had a career year. But I can't put him in front of any of those blokes. So Seedy just misses out. He falls in the 50s. Same with Carl Amon. Had a very good year. Now, he's rated so highly at Port Adelaide. But is he in front of those guys? I, I don't think he is. No. Now, Tex is a bit stiff. Um... I've left Tex out. He had a terrific year as well. Start, but I, great I based start to the year. Fantastic start to the year. And he written off by all channels, a bit like yourself. Um, you know, you've certainly had your long share of critics of the year and you proved them on which Tex did. But I can't get him in the best 50 players right now in the competition. And then Starsevich, that was one. Another good young player. I like him. But come on, Robbo. That, come on. I, I, I can't get my head around that. Give me is one it, glaring it, one. Did, Give me one glaring one that's in the wrong spot. I, I, like, I, I can pick one out, but oh, I don't well, know I what I'm allowed to say. But, but give me, give me, give me oh, your one give you glaring two? one. Okay, two. Oh, I've, I think you had Salem at 28. I'm, I've got Salem in the top 15. I think yes, he's the best I like back flanker in the game. He's Look like an awesome beautiful kick at, the, of the footy. at quarter time. I, I, I think Stringer's too high. Had a good year, except that. But the one's Nick Natanu now. He is the darling of all AFL statistical people, isn't he? Like, if you talk about um, his value to the Eagles in terms of the hitouts um, to advantage, etc., 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 tick, 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 tick. I've squeezed him into my top 50. He is not at 13. And, and I've got some West Coast fans that actually have the same thoughts about Nick Nadanui. I think he's, and he's been a champion player for them for a long time, but he's not the 13th best player in the competition. No way. I'll clip this audio up and send it to Robbo and get his right of reply. But uh, if you <laughs> right of reply, sorry. But if you uh, well, if you caught Robbo's top fifty and you want to maybe have a bit of a say on it, give us a call thirteen hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or send us a text oh four three seven double five two five three five. Which player is sitting in the wrong position, or which player hasn't been rated high enough? A player from your team maybe that you think deserves to be in the top fifty. This is Jack and Flash on. SEN Hobart. You can catch all the action on SEN track right across the weekend. But a man who is a big player in the horse racing industry and will have some, we'll have two runners going around tomorrow in the Corville Cup is, of course, star trainer Kieran Mark. Kieran, welcome to Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart. Morning, boys. 
Mate, first things first, you've had a bit of a, a bit of a hiccup during the week, mate. COVID situation is stable. Just give us a bit of an update there. Hopefully everyone that's been impacted is, is healthy and well. Uh, yeah, we did have a, a COVID situation. We've had quite a few, actually. Um, over the past, uh, sort of people been to tiered sites and stuff like that. We've been locked down quite a few times. But, um, yeah, there's protocols in place and uh, we just work with the authorities and, um, yeah, a lot of testing and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit frustrating, but that's just the times we're in, isn't it? It's become the norm in, well, I suppose, in Australian culture, but certainly in Australian sport. Horse racing's been very lucky that it's been relatively untouched over the COVID journey of the last two years, mate. It hasn't impacted any of your runners, though, that are going to run around at Caulfield tomorrow, has it? No, thankfully, uh, we, we, it hasn't uh, inhibited any work. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of extra workload on some of the staff. But, uh, yeah, no, the horses should be fine. Tell us about Explosive Jack, um, please, Kieran. Fascinating that no Good one's name. ever been on. Good name. It's a great name. Um, when I say nobody's been on, it's, it's won the derby in... Tasmania, um, South Australia and Australian Dame. It's always been at a big price. A little bit of money for it uh, tomorrow. Little nibbles, and I've seen $14, $15 start to, to come in a little bit. Um, it looks absolutely proven at this distance. It's obviously its first try this time around. Um, how confident are you with him going up to the mile and a half tomorrow? Yeah, like he's a, he's a proper, proper old stayer. Um, explosive jacket I'm not old but uh, yeah like he's uh, pretty dour he's strong uh, if the heavens open that will greatly uh, improve his chances uh, and he's drawn quite well uh, he's drawn the pole so we'll give uh, Johnny Allen will give him a decent squeeze away and see if he can if he can posse midfield or something like that uh, and the track is wet um, yeah his chances will be greatly improved he's um his two runs back this time have been really positive. Like, he's got through the line when the race is over quite strongly, the last couple of furlongs. And, uh, yeah, but Caulfield might be just a little bit sharp for him. But uh, I think he's he's right on track for the Melbourne Cup. And Persan, there's been a little bit of money for that as well. It's got a terrific record at the track itself. I'm sure the rain's not going to be any concern for it as well. It's fascinating. I feel like it's been around a long time, but you're still a five-year-old, the gilding. Um, not talked about a lot. Great story with Linda Meachie, of course, getting a, a ride in the Caulfield Cup. Um, how, do you, how do you see its chances? Uh, yeah, well, you see what he did in the in the Melbourne Cup uh, last year. You know, it was a splashing run. Um, he's had a different preparation this year. He's probably not quite as forward. But uh, first up run was super, and uh, his second run probably wasn't quite as good. But um, out to this trip, and uh, you know, back to handicap conditions, um, yeah, you know, he'll he'll be hitting the line hard as well. But um, uh, I think he'll be also better for the Melbourne Cup as well. That's been his plan and his target all the way along. Kieran, two runners that you had touted and were, were, were fancied by a lot of people to make the field and, and, and show well was uh, floating artists in high motion. D- didn't get a run. Can you tell us what happens there and how close were they to, to getting into that final uh, final spot for the for the Caulfield Cup? 
Uh, yeah, well, floating artist, he had to win uh, either the Herbert Power on Saturday, uh, last Saturday, or which the race we elected to go was the Coongee Handicap on Wednesday. And um, he ran a good race, but, um, yeah, he was beaten uh, half a length or something like that. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's a very high-quality horse. He's probably looking for a little bit further. Um but, uh, yeah, his main aim now is, is the Melbourne Cup and uh, he'll have to win win either a Geelong or a Mooney Valley Cup or a, or a Lexus. Uh, all races are sort of decent options for him. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he, he, he's regular rider, T.O., our apprentice. He, uh, I thought he rode a slashing race and uh, probably just was a little bit conservative coming into the straight, but um, he hasn't done much wrong on him, and uh, hopefully he can get a Guernsey into the Melbourne Cup. And uh, High Emotion, she's a bonny little mare. Um, we've just whipped her up to Sydney. She was a little far off getting in, so uh, she's up to Sydney this weekend, and uh, hopefully she can get the money there. Kieran, just before we perhaps touch on a few of more of your runners' tomorrow. Moe Cup as well today. Of course, Dr. Drew involved. Um, tell us about your thought process with the, the different year we have with COVID. Um, we know the internationals aren't here. They're, they're not for everybody. The internationals, personally, I think they've been critical to the carnival over the last five, six, seven years in particular. A different scene. Uh, jockeys getting more opportunities. It, it, it generally feels like it's an all good feeling across the board. Um, from your perspective, um, you know, taking into account everything. What, what, what's your take on it all? Well, the internationals, uh, you know, it's it's an international race. Uh, everyone around the world watches it. and uh, That's right. You know, it's a bit of a shame that there's not um, not as many here this year because um, it probably takes away from the, from the race a little bit. But... Um, I suppose it, it gives the locals a bit more of a go. There's going to be a few more local horses in there. Um, and, yeah, God, it's just been a, a very indifferent year. You know, the, the stuff was done, but uh, racing's done a great job, as you touched on, of getting through it and uh, being able to keep racing. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very different year. With, with Normally, uh, I've just been down to Werribee watching Gold Trip. And uh, normally that's just a buzz with, you know, all the different uh, internationals and cameras and media and everything and uh, like a ghost town this year. So uh, it is quite different. I'm glad you mentioned Gold Trip there because forecasting a little bit forward ahead now to the Cox Plate, Gold Trip looking to basically have the same sort of preparation and leading as Sir Dragonay did last year and that, of course, was successful in last year's Cox Plate. You've got... Him running around again, Sir Dragonay, and of course Gold Trip, who you've mentioned, will be will be going around. H- how are they preparing for for the Cox Plate? Yeah, Gold Trip. Uh, yeah, he come over. I think it was noted he was moving quite stiff when he got off the plane. Saw hammies. Um, yeah, he was just sore, sore all over. Really, he was um, sore through the back and and uh, and and in his hammies, but. Uh, See, the change he's made is, is quite remarkable. Um, Brendan McCarthy, uh, he's my Cairo physio. Uh, I'm not sure which one he goes under. But um, yeah, 
done an amazing job of the horse and um and you can just see the change in the horse since he's come here, you know, like he had an easy week and um you know, has increased his work intensity wise, uh, you know, since being here. He he did a strong piece of work this morning. Uh he'll go and have a look at the valley uh tomorrow morning and do a nice piece of work and then he he will have an easy part of the week and probably do a, a piece of work uh sort of midweek next week but um yeah he's a lovely horse he's got a lot of quality um you know he he's, he was uh flashing running the arc there 12 months ago and and uh his form this year has been very good so uh a bit like Sir Dragonet, you know, he's he's had he's got form in those really strong European um, middle distance races, and uh, I just like the the trajectory he's on. You know, he just keeps improving, and and uh, quite looking forward to seeing him tomorrow. Well, Kieran, we really do appreciate you joining us. It is certainly a busy time for everyone in the racing industry. But, Flash, before I let Kieran go, there's a couple of names that I'm going to put out there and put on the agenda. Privatisation and Castagna, two horses that I may own a slight little toenail in under Kieran that <laughs> they... Well, they're not running yet, but I'm hoping that they're going to run I'll sometime soon. Right, Privatisation and Castagna for all the people listening out there. For a couple of horses there that a few Tigers boys are involved in. Mate, tell me there's going to be something there, surely. I like both horses. Um, Privatisation's out of the mare that uh, did take a bit of time. Uh, he's by the gun stallion. Uh, extreme choice. So, um, uh, yeah, it's just having a bit of time up there at the beach in Newcastle at the moment. And uh, it's not too far away. I just wanted to freshen it up a little bit. And uh, Castagna, it, uh, it's got it all there. It's a bit like a... Um, 17-year-old Ruckman just hasn't uh, <laughs> hasn't fully fully developed yet, but uh, it's got size and scope. Just needs to grow into itself a little bit. So yeah, still well, quite hopeful for both. Well, let's hope it happens soon, Kieran. Thank you for joining us here on uh, SEN Hobart with Jack and Flash. No worries. Thanks very much, boys. There you go, Flash Man. A little bit of uh, racing there. Terrific. I know you love your racing. Uh, we'll uh, have some more though after the break. On 16:29, SEN Hobart. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifko. Welcome back to Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Well, Flash, there's one thing that's better in this week's show. It's certainly that intro. That is an absolute cracker. Oh. That was made for us, that song. The Rolling Stones yeah, wrote that knowing that we were going to do a radio show together and the Jack and Flash show is absolutely taking off. Off the there's text no on, though, Flash. Twang. There, the that was the text the guitar, on. and that is just ding, 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 the ping. It's a gas. It's a gas. It's a gas. <laughs> Flash, they've come for you off the text line. This one comes oh, from S. Paskey. Okay. He's an yeah. Eagle supporter. He said, Flash, you rate Ruckman higher than anyone, but you consistently underrate Nick Knack. He, is your he isn't your typical Ruckman, and the knock-on lack of marks around the ground is fair, but if he isn't a top-20 player in the league, you are kidding yourself. I love Salem, but Nick Nat is more influential, surely. Right of reply, David. Come on, you've just well, pumped Ruckman up. I've got him in the top 50. Thanks for texting, Sam, but um, he's not the 13th-best player in the competition for mine. Um, I've got quite a few in front of him at this stage. Thanks for the text, uh though. 
Another one here. Morning, guys. I know I'm biased, but I love how Jai... Uh, but how Jai Simpkin misses that list is beyond me. He had a wonderful season and topped it off with a Sid Barker. Jack Flash, can you remember a player being hyped up more for a number one pick than Jason Horn Francis? I am loving it. Ooh. Cheers. Flash from Latrobe. You're not texting in from Latrobe, are you, Flash? But uh, there you are. That's obviously the number one pick that North Melbourne look like they will take this year is Jason Horn Francis at number one. Can you believe they got some cricket away here? I'm at Bill Reeve, as you know. They played a game last night in the WBBL. That hit off, and that was great. I, I must confess I was asleep by 10 past 8 last night. Very unusual. Woke up to the fact they got 11 over game in, and the sixes on the back of Elisa Healy getting the job done. There's a rest day today here at Bill Reeve. They're back tomorrow. It's probably a good thing because it's hosing down here at the moment. But um, great. Well done to the, the curate here to get a game up last night. That was terrific. The WBBL um, over the next three weeks in Tassie is going to be sensational. And, yes, Nat Fife was there. What's going he on there? He was spying in the crowd. He's you headed down that? to the Apple Isle. Everyone oh, maybe wants he's... to live at Hobart now. That's what it is. Gutwin, Gutwin, get him on board. We've got Clarkson. We could get Fife, the, the dual Brownlow medal. So that would be unbelievable. Sheffield Shield Flash, anything happening there? There's not, but in terms of uh, a Tasmania, they're playing against WA in the Marsh Cup today. So that Perfect. gets underway. So that... That's terrific. So good to see the, the Tigers starting to get some cricket going. Can't wait to see how they go. It's very, very exciting indeed. Another year for Tassie Cricket. Looking forward to seeing how they go. They were, had a pretty good year last year, but, um, you know, new year, new opportunities. Hopefully we can see someone score, uh, well, score as well as we did in the Marsh Cup with a couple of century makers there. and um, a 234 runs to... One of our batsmen there, which is awesome. Uh, Bob Murphy's last day on the station today, Flash, before we send him off into the AFL world to Fremantle as a fellow brown jacket wearer. Anything for him? Oh, well, he's a champion. Thank you for his efforts. He's been unbelievable. And as I said earlier, the ratings have been sensational. We're leaving on top as he heads off into Docker World. We've got a big cover today, pal. Yeah, we did. And we'll be back next Friday, 7 a.m., along with Payne. He'll be joining us again. Stick around because Sam Edmund is up next. Have a great weekend. This has been Chuck and Flash on SEN Hobart. And as always, you can catch all the highlights on the SEN app where you'll find all of your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone. Don't forget, go the Mighty Tigers in the one-day cricket. Mm-hmm.